Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, football fans? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment multiple times a week. So be sure to download that Odyssey app. Search Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Hit that auto-download button so that you have all brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you so that you can stay up to date with all Tampa Bay Buccaneers information. And guess what, guys? You can also stream Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns on any of your favorite streaming platforms. So share it with friends, family, other Bucks fans, or just football fans in general. Guys, I am Casey Hudson, joined by my co-host Kaylee Mizell, and it is time for us to sail into a post-game pod as the Bucks took on the Falcons to close out the regular season. Week 18 has already come and gone, and it's already time to t- jump into that playoff conversation. But first and foremost, Kaylee, how's it going? How'd week 18 treat you? Um, first week of the new year as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it was... Um... You know, it always gets, you have to have some juice to get started. So it's been uh, a good start to the year, an interesting start, but, um, you know, you always make the best of everything. So, um, and I think that's what the books are doing too. So it's not too, not too dissimilar from how the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing. What about you, Casey? Absolutely. So far, uh, things are going pretty all right. Took the first week off. Uh, Got to get regrouped and do all the new year's things so hopefully this week comes back with a little bit more balance and um i can finally dive into this new year fully but you know it was good to start the new year off on a different note that's for sure but then that brings us to some team updates with the bucks guys if you have not heard or seen already and we already speculated this the bucks will be hosting the dallas cowboys for uh that first playoff situation wild card and i can't say that it's going to be a repeat of week one. Both of these teams look a bit different, uh, function a bit different. The Bucks close out their regular season eight and nine. The Cowboys close out 12 and five, sitting second in the NFC East. So a lot of interesting things will be talked about revolving around this game. Uh, I do think it's going to be an interesting game. I don't think it's going to be as poorly executed as a lot of Bucks fans are fearing, but that's something that we'll get into here on Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns later on in the week. But that's definitely the biggest news and then, uh, Kayla, you had some news for us when it comes to the players. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Just, you know, uh, Chris Godwin getting that 1,000-yard mark. Um, yesterday, he got, uh, what? let's see, 55 yards. So that's um, 
1,023 yards on the season. So him and Mike Evans get to that 1,000-yard seasons um, this year. So congrats to him. And I think that there are some people saying that are, you know, that could put him in the running for comeback player of the year. Chris I would Conway. say so. So mm -hmm. um, I would expect to see maybe some names called from Bucks players um, that could get some awards um, this year um, for what they did during the season, even though it wasn't the best regular season, Casey, they did end with a, a losing record, but Hey, they're going to the playoffs and uh, then your record starts fresh. It's zero, zero. A zero, zero slate that this team definitely needs. And not only once, but I'm sure Bucks fans want as well, because you saw some good this season. You saw some, not so great, that's for sure. And it always cons consistently rose the question of, you know, what is this team actually capable of? What does this offense actually look like? What is this defense actually capable of? So I think with the clean slate and the playoff energy and, mo and, and motivation, I think that we'll be able to see, okay, what does this team actually have? And that's what I like about the poetic justice of them going against and hosting the mm -hmm. Dallas Cowboys. I think that that's going to answer so many of those questions because if it really has been as small as health issues and a little bit of miscommunication and a little bit of this and a little bit of that, now is the time to put all the little bits aside and see what the grand scale in, is of this team and what they're actually capable of. So I'm excited about this matchup. I know it's pretty terrifying for most. Um, along those lines, though, huge congratulations to Chris Godwin. Then you've mm -hmm. got Tom Brady who beat one of his own personal bests. He hit – 486 completions in the season alone yesterday. Um, I think beforehand it was only like 450 something or it was slightly below that. But of course, Tom Brady being the goat that he is beating his own records. And you're so good that you have no other records to beat but your own. I don't know if that's even more motivating and exciting, but at least it's nice to see that you can't ever count out Tom Brady regardless of the fact. And when you really look at how the season went, I thought that was an interesting accolade and statistic for Brady because there's so many games where people were frustrated with Brady's performance where Brady was frustrated with his own performance but this statistic alone shows you um the smell test versus the statistics versus all these angles and perspectives that one can have while watching a game and it's a really cool thing if you think about it so big congratulations to Brady there does he never ceases to amaze anyone whether you love to hate him or love to love him He's out here still putting up records. So 486 completions this season, Bucks fans. That is absolutely tremendous. And then one other quick one I would say I just thought about it, Kaylee. Um, yeah. We know that yesterday we saw a little weird situation happen. Russell Gage went to the, into the end zone, excuse me, guys, to catch that touchdown and um, was holding on to his lower back. A lot of irritation, a lot of discomfort. The good news is that he got up and walked off the field on his own. He wasn't wobbling off per se or couldn't put any pressure one way or the other. Um, there's been no update on that, but for the most part, it doesn't look like anything significant or serious. And hopefully Russell Gage would be a part of the playoff lineup because he's just started to kind of blossom towards the end of the season here. So uh, Coach Bowles will be talking to the media shortly. Once we get those updates, we will throw them over at the Jolly Rogers uh, TDS on Twitter so that you guys can stay up to date all on, the, on all the information that we have uh, regarding the players, the health, the injuries, and everything heading into this playoff week that should be just as exciting for everyone. Um, that's really all I have, Kaylee. But unless yeah. there's anything else, I think it's time for us to dive into this Bucks falcons matchup that went down. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing I'll add is that we did see a decent amount of players exit, and sometimes their cause for exiting the game did list some type of like question or concern. But like Casey said, we'll get more updates on that. Um, I don't know if I would be like the biggest, you know, like I'm like super concerned about any of them health wise. Um, we'll, we'll find out more um, today. So, uh, but yeah, Casey, I think, I think it's time to get into it now before we get too far, too deep into this, Casey, I'm wondering from your perspective, did you, which way did you think the Bucks were going to come play this game? Because they already have clinched the playoffs. They know that mm -hmm. most likely, uh, they're not going to get, so they clinched the, they, they clinched the division. So they're going to host the first game. But they don't have the greatest record. They're probably not going to get any home field advantage after that first game. Did you think their strategy was going to come out and like try to like win this game and like go for it, like balls to the wall, like we're just going to like do this thing? Or did you think that there was going to maybe be some strategy in thinking about players, the health of players, the future opportunities? Where did you right. fall in that in that scale? Because like there was a there's a spectrum. Some people are like, it's the smartest to just like throw in, you know, throw in your backups and just like whatever. And some people are like, no, go out and try to win the game. The Bucks kind of played the middle of those two scenarios. Yeah. See, well, I'll start off by saying this. One thing anyone should ever know about me is that I'm a very <laughs> literal person. So when, yeah. when somebody says something, for instance, when Coach Bowles said, we're going to play our starters, uh, they need the practice, they need the reps, there are some things that we're still working on. When you say things like that, I'm taking that so literally. Um, mm -hmm. And I not, okay, so honestly, did I think that it would be smarter to rest the starters? Absolutely. This team has been plagued with injuries. Guys have barely had an opportunity to get healthy. <laughs> that is the smartest decision to do. But again, yeah. back to the literal sense of things, you you defended yourself. You doubled down on the fact that the starters will play. If they can yeah. go, they're going. So with that said, my perspective and my what I anticipated changed. And I also did like and agree with the fact that this team wiggled their way into a playoff situation <laughs> scenario. They barely made it through. If the Panthers and the, if the Falcons would have – been able to cross the finish line on at least three or four other games, we'd be having a completely different conversation right now. So within that, this Bucks team did need the practice. Mm -hmm. I needed to see what this passing game was going to look like a little bit more, what this running game was going to look like a little bit more, how consistent this defense can be for three, four quarters, not just two. Uh, so within that, yeah, I was a little frustrated because they did come out. They did start the starters. They did eventually pull them at one point, but what you saw in the beginning of the game wasn't great. Mm -hmm. Offense had its one moment that everyone got excited about. They finally scored on an opening drive and mm -hmm. got in the end zone and they didn't do it with the, the, the typical guy that they do it with. They did it with Kyle Rudolph. But then comes the next element of surprise that I didn't <laughs> love. It was oh, goodness. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Kyle Rudolph got his first touchdown as a Buccaneer. Well, it was about time. And a little too late, it's week 18. And then it was a 
career touchdown as a tight end. So this team is really good at making sure that players get their incentives and, you know, get those milestones and career marks. But it felt like that's all it was like, okay, let's get a Miss 50 a touchdown on week 18 and then move along. But working mm. your tight ends into the red zone is something you should have been practicing. Um, that execution in the red zone is something that you should have been practicing with those starting guys in the first quarter. After that, it was just kind of like they couldn't string together any good offense for the most part. They kept trying to run the ball, and that wasn't successful. You got Rashad White with 20-something rushing yards, Leonard Fournette 20-something rushing yards. No run game was really established yesterday. Um, you even see, saw Gio Bernard come into the mix and stuff. So it was the fact that I felt like Coach Bull set a tone and, and made this announcement and said that he was going to stand by the situation and it didn't even execute well, in my personal opinion. I mean, their red zone execution was at 67%, and that's for the entire game, including first string, second string, third string guys. Um, so it was just – I was a little disappointed in the fact that I thought that at least the first stringers or the starters that were so adamant to play would have came out a little stronger, a little more consistent, um, and a little more exciting, you know, yeah. you beat the Falcons one other time. You barely beat them, but you have this win last week. You finally put up 30 points. There was just a lot of momentum. I thought they were going to carry into this game and I didn't feel it. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you to a degree um, because they did come out really strong, which is something that we hadn't seen like that opening drive touchdown, um, which is really exciting. It's great. You, oh, you got Kyle Rudolph involved. Like finally is that? Yeah, exactly. Finally, like mm, too little too late. I don't know. Like maybe we should have done this beforehand. Um, but then after that, so Tom Brady was only in for, and, and with him, a lot of the starters, they were only in for four drives because on, oh no, five. So they were in for five possessions, right? But of those five possessions, only two resulted in points. Two were punts and one was a fumble. Now oh, the fumble isn't like <laughs> Oh, sorry. Okay? Guys. Fire alarm? Testing the fire alarm. That <laughs> oh, should no, be the last that. of that. So. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, alarm. Ring the alarm. Because you're right, Casey. It wasn't. It wasn't. You set the tone with this touchdown and you're thinking, okay, this this offense is going to come out there and they're going to continue to drive. They're going to continue to make plays. But then it, it, it just doesn't really happen. I mean, after that, like I said, they, they punt, they fumble, there's a field goal. So it's like, okay, you move the ball fairly well, but then there's another punt. And then for the second touchdown, it was Blaine Gabbard in. Like, it, it wasn't mm -hmm. Tom Brady anymore. It wasn't um, a bunch of the starters as much anymore. So there's there's some question marks on if this team got the actual experience that they need that Todd Bowles said that they needed in this game um, yeah. because he did make that point. He did say, we're going to get the guys some experience. Now, I appreciate that I, I, I kind of see the balance within it. So, like, I – I like the balance within what they tried to do. I think that that's like a good in between. Like, yes, rest the starters would be ideal, but also this team has been playing amazing. So it would, so maybe it's not the most ideal thing. Like maybe you do get them a few drives just to like keep their legs underneath them and, and to keep things normal, whatever. 
Um, but you wish that you would have seen a little bit more production mm -hmm. from those drives than what we did. Um, I, I, and I, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's hard to pin down exactly. They're yeah. They, it, on those drives, they just weren't really able to do very much. It's yeah. Uh, on, on the two shortest ones, they were, they, the, the punt and the fumble, I mean, they had the ball in possession for like less than a, a minute each time. Yeah, the there punt. were just still some mistakes that I think yeah. we would have hoped to see cleaned up early. Now, Bucks fans, Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns fans, we're not not taking into account the fact that obviously this this <laughs> offensive line is 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 not up to par at the moment. Um, they are obviously still plagued with with injuries and issues. Donovan Smith's out. You know, you got all these guys out. And then early in the game, you've got, you know, the guy who's been the center of this team this entire season, Robert Hainsey, go out with a hamstring injury. Leverett moves into center. Then you have Gettyke mm -hmm. move over to right tackle. There was a lot of movement that's fully yes. taken into account. You also have a quarterback with one of the fastest releases in the league, and there was still not so much production. Um, now, on a little bit more of a positive note, Kaylee, I will say this. if I do agree with the fact that eventually starters had to come out. Once you started to see the tone of which way this game was going, I think some starters could have come out earlier. I know some people got nervous when Russell Gage started to look a little banged up and, um, you know, a few other guys, Chris Godwin was fighting, but I think they were trying to get him to his milestone and, and incentive mm -hmm. stuff. So th there's a couple reasons why I think they also try to double down on the fact of starters will start. We need the practice. I don't think it was particularly just practice. I think they were also trying to get guys to certain milestones and then, start alleviating them of their role in that game. Um, but on a more positive note, I'll say what I did like yesterday. Now, a lot of people were very frustrated. Chris Godwin had a fumble, um, but it was one of the perfect little peanut punches out of his arm. It's something very uncontrollable when you're trying. I mean, he had full possession of the ball. He was mm -hmm. on his way down. It was just a very well-executed punch out. But what I loved is that, a lot of players could have gone to the side and been like, that was a great punch out by a defensive player. Like, I'll shake it off and make it better next time. Chris Godwin goes to the sidelines, gets with Julio Jones, a veteran who has been, you know, so dominant in this league when he's healthy and is sitting there getting tips on how to better secure the ball to avoid a, a well-executed punch out. And I love that because we talk so much about accountability and, and we talk about leadership on this team. And that just goes to show why it's important to have a guy like Chris Godwin, not only on your roster, but in that comeback player conversation after two injuries, the big injury that he sustained and bounced back for him was ready to go game one. Then you've got the other injury that he um, racked up early in the season that could have probably played off the initial injury. And then now you're here at over a thousand yards and you're not relying on any crutches or excuses for any shortcomings or, you know, unfortunate plays that happen. Of course he had a fumble last game and that sucked. So all over the Twitter storm was Chris Godwin and these fumbles. Oh my gosh. But it wasn't entirely his fault, but he took full responsibility for it. And I just love the fact that he went to the sideline, went and paired up with a vet, got some tips and tricks. And what I love too, is that on the next drive, or the next catch that he had in the game, you kind of saw him shift his positioning and his grip on the ball to make sure that, you know, I'm going to start practicing this now. So individually, there's probably guys that took that 
week 18 practice game while I'm in truly to heart, truly to form. And I think Godwin was one of those guys. Um, something else that I completely forgot to mention, guys, is that Mike Evans was actually ruled out in, right before the game started or right as the game started with an illness. Hasn't been disclosed what that is, but, you know, it's not injury related. He just wasn't well enough to play. Um, so that's the only reason why him as a starter was not on the field. That wasn't a decision in terms of, you know, safety reps or anything else. It was an illness that came on uh, really quickly, I guess. So it became the Chris Godwin show. I appreciate where Bulls was trying to come from in some sense. I just don't think it was entirely all of that. But um, overall, Kaylee, did you see anything from maybe some of the second string or the third string guys that was impressive to you? Uh, People were excited to see Kyle Trask. I know that you um, are a fellow Kyle Trask. Or what did you see that you liked or didn't like or wanted to see more of? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I think that what we saw from Blaine Gabbert was good, you know, fairly consistent, six of eight. Um, so I, you know, that was pretty good. Kyle Trask, not as um, consistent. <laughs> uh three of nine uh it's a smaller smaller scale but um you know not as not as consistent so definitely still needs those reps so I'm glad that he got some playing time but not overly impressed by um you know what he's doing just yet but I did like to see um you know Gio Bernard Keyshawn Vaughn like it was nice to see those guys get some reps um you know out there Bernard finished with 28 yards. Vaughn finished with 26. Um, and I think that those are guys that can be that that their roles can continue to grow. Do I think that they were underutilized this year? No, I'm not going to say that. But I do think that their roles can continue to grow. Hopefully, with this with this team, um, that they can continue to get better and get more efficient and um, continue to create some yards. Uh, how about Devin Tompkins for for the seventeen yarder? What did you think oh, about? Yeah. That? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was I thought that he came in. So we raved about certain guys during training camp, and especially those preseason games that weren't so pretty. But yeah. Tompkins was always a, a light in in those games, and he was a light during training camp, and he got a lot of fans on board, kind of fighting for him to get a spot on this roster over veterans or guys that they know and have loved for the past two, three years, or at least last year, you know? So it was really interesting to see Tompkins um, be a little bit more polished than we saw him in the beginning of the year, which is always a great thing to see in players because that means that they're on a trajectory, a positive one, a progressive one. And I think that Tompkins is on a positive progressive track here for starters, not only his role on him being um, getting throws from not only Tom Brady, but Blaine Gabbert, um, in week 18, but also his role on special teams. Um, yeah. Some people had a little bit of a different opinion, respect and love all the opinions, but guys, the fact <laughs> of the fact, he did things better than Jalen Darden, than Jalen Darden did already. Um, starting with the fact that he wasn't afraid to run up the field. Uh, he wasn't yep. scared of contact. He wasn't shying away to the sidelines. Um, he was taking some hits. So to only have so much NFL experience under your belt and to already do stuff like that, bless you. I'm excited to see how he'll build off of that, how much more yardage he can pick up. I can see him actually getting some chunk yards on on a return, and that makes me excited for him. I think he looked good yesterday. I was really impressed with what I saw, 
and then you take him over to get some things. I mean, you, you pitch him the ball to be a running back. He does it, does it well. Um, and then he was able to pick up some nice passes yesterday too. So very impressed with the guy. Uh, think that he's got a nice little future here. And he already won the hearts of many fans in training camp. So depending on how this offseason goes, there's definitely a role for him on this roster come next year. So I was a big fan of seeing Tompkins in. And, yes, I still choose Tompkins over Darden. Guys, you're not going to change my mind on that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was like, well, he still has, like, the same uh, statistics as Darden. And I'm like, yeah, Darden actually statistically looked better than he was doing, but still he could have done that much more if he mm -hmm. wasn't scared of contact and a magnet for the sidelines. So yep. when you look at the time experience in the NFL and then the statistics and the comparison between Darden and, and Tompkins, Tompkins has a lot more to be excited about. So I might as well. a lot more upside. It's yeah. a lot more upside, exactly. And then for Darden sure. can flourish where he's at now. Team is mm -hmm. everything, system is everything. For the Bucks, it's Tompkins for me. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Um, one thing I was also impressed with, um, which – Casey, it's, it's not been this way this season, but they were two for three in red zone attempts. So it, it's like in favor of the Bucks. Mm -hmm. Like normally it's like one for four, one, right. you know, like one for five, one for three. Um, and they're on the, they're on the uh, smaller side of the percentage. Um, but this time they were over 50%. Hey, Luna. Uh, she just wants to agree. Um <laughs> But yeah, I was just impressed with, I know that it, we've talked and it's not like it was the most incredible offensive performance, but when they did get close to the end zone, they were able to finish the job, which mm -hmm. is something very different than what we've seen this year. This year, um, statistically, like the Bucks didn't have such an issue getting all the way down the field and close to the end zone. They had a really big issue finishing things off. Yeah. Um, so being able to see them play a game where they were able to finish things off. Again, I'm not saying that it was perfect offensively. There's still a lot to be desired, especially in the second half. Um, you also have your second string in. So, it, you know, you, you there's context within this situation. Yeah. But I did appreciate that they were two for three in the red zone attempts. So I liked that. Um they still took some penalties. Casey, what did you think about, about, yeah, uh, some of the penalties that they took? Because that's something that has cost them before. Yeah. And once you get into the playoffs, that is definitely going to need to be cleaned up. The scary part, and I've defended him on here as much as I possibly can, and then he went down with injury for weeks, is uh, Luke Gedecky. And he collected a real stupid holding penalty. I mean, the calls are all pretty stupid. They're, they're holding calls. And yeah, a lot yeah. of that comes out of fear of those one-on-one -on -one situations that you're having. And that's not you being secure within your stance or secure within your ability to match up against some of these, these bulls you're going against. Um, but week 18, you can't have that fear in your eyes. You can't have that twitch. And that's the problem is that they're still kind of playing very insecure up front there in many ways, I would say. Never discounting the the pressure, the athleticism, the strength, the everything that goes into being in the trenches, but his team's racking up penalties that don't even need to exist. And then it's not just the rookie doing it, it's also veterans doing it. So 30 yards of penalties is costly um, and it's it shouldn't be happening. They always have these, these yardages, these totals and penalties that are so costly that end up putting them in punting positions early or 
kind of mentally talking them out of taking fourth down opportunities. They took one fourth down opportunities. They were zero for one on that one. Then you look at the Falcons who were three and three on fourth down opportunities. You got to take those risks to stay in certain games. And now we're talking about playoff conversations. You're talking about a team that is going to take that risk. And um, that's where I kind of miss risk it for the biscuit situation conversation and BA. And you guys already know how much I miss Bruce Arians in many, in many ways, nothing against this coaching staff. It's just the mentality that I miss in many ways, but yeah, that would be my biggest thing is that they're too late in the game in the season to be making those mistakes. And while they try so hard to shake them off, it's just come like you want to be having this conversation week seven. You want to see the turnaround by week nine. You don't want to be talking about this week 18 heading into a really, really tough playoff matchup. So, yeah, the penalties have got to go. The penalty yards have got to go as well. Um, but with that, Kaylee, uh, any standout players for you on the offense? even though we've got to see a little bit of some new guys, some guys we didn't get as much playing time, and then we got to see some of the good old guys that we get to count on. Yeah. Um, I guess I have to go Chris Godwin just because, you know, just because of what he's been able to do this season. Um, you know, it was just it was just last year that he had his surgery for two torn neat uh, ligaments. Um so it it wasn't like, oh, it was such an insane day for him. It was six passes, 55 yards. But to cross that 1,000-yard mark, that's really special. And I think that he deserves some kudos for that. Yeah, and his leadership. I mean, just the yeah. person that he's on the field always deserves credit. So love him for your standout player. Um, I'm going to – okay, so I had to tweet this yesterday. Sorry, not sorry. But you love to see success for Kyle Rudolph. I do. Mm-hmm. I was – I was ecstatic about this signing. I've been disappointed all season that he's barely been utilized. I think he had a lot more to offer. You saw his enthusiasm in training camp. You saw that he, you know, he told media, I'm going to, I'm going to probably irritate Tom Brady because I'm going to stick to him like glue. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to learn. I'm going to absorb. And, you know, if you paid attention to his career in Minnesota, he did that. He stuck to his quarterbacks. He absorbed, he learned, he was a clutch guy in many ways. Um, so I just think that Kyle Rudolph doesn't get enough credit. I think a lot of people counted him out before giving him a chance. So I was ecstatic to see him not only get in the end zone, but be used, <laughs> get his 50th career touchdown, get his first touchdown as a Buccaneer. And while the chances are slim to probably see him in a Bucks jersey again, uh, I'm going to soak it all in. So he is my standout player for offense and a nice opening drive for the Bucs. Um, yep. In that, though, now let's switch to the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. We've got the Bucks defense who were pretty banged up. When you looked at the injury report heading into this game, most of the guys that were ruled out were on the defensive side of the ball. You had Logan Ryan out, Vita Vea out, Carl Nassib out, um, Carlton Davis out. While it's okay because it was week 18, it was slightly devastating because there was so much excitement to, to parts of last week's game. And again, I just wanted to see how much of that translated over for a few drives and then you know alleviate your starters. With that, you did see some guys step up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys ever heard me on previous podcasts or maybe early on this one for Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, I never really gave Sean Murphy Bunting much love um, or credit. At the time, there wasn't much love or credit to give. Now, that's just talking <laughs> football. It's not talking the person, the human. The person, the human, SMB, is honestly, he's a 
He's a wonderful human being. SMB is one of the greatest people you can meet off the field and on the field. You know, he's got a great character to him. So that doesn't take away from any of that, guys. Calm down. Um, but I've never given him much credit. Our producer saying, no, you didn't. Look, I'm honest. Um, he didn't do enough for me to talk about or be excited about. Last week, he gets an interception, and I had no words besides what the SMB. And then <laughs> this week, you know, the time that he was in the game, he played some pretty tight coverage. And that was cool. That was like, wait, wait, the guy that we used to talk about two seasons ago still kind of in there. He, he kind of exists. Um, and even in the red zone, some sticky coverage, kind of flustering some of the guys uh, on the Falcons team. So I do got to give SMB some kudos or some doubloons, as we say here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, because I think that he's starting to get out of his head and get out of his own way. Again, it is week 17 and 18 at this point, but still something worth with, worth growing with and paying attention to and always giving credit where credit's due. So um, you saw guys step up in the absence of the names that I read off earlier, but that didn't, that didn't stop some of the success that the Falcons had. Obviously, the Falcons put up 30 points, walk away with a W, but it was more than that. It was the fact that the run game was not slowed down whatsoever, and we've seen this guy before. We've seen what uh, Tyler... Algier can do to a team. He put up 135 rushing yards yesterday on this Bucks defense. That was 135 rushing yards of the 174 total rushing yards that the Falcons team put up on this Bucks defense yesterday. Why is that alarming to me, Kaylee? Well, they're about to face a Cowboys team that has this guy named Tony Pollard as long as he's healthy and he's problematic. Then you've got yeah. Elliott, who has not had a 100 rushing, guard, rushing yard game yet this season, and that's freaking terrifying and problematic. Um, and that's just the running side of the ball. Then you get over to the receiving, and then you've got this 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 rookie, Drake London. I got to see him um, before the draft, senior bowl conversation, him, Christian Watson. There was a handful of guys that I, that I liked, gravitated to. Never thought that London was going to come in and have the season that he's having with the Falcons, so I've got to give him credit. Um, there was this massive pass and connection between Ryder, Ritter and him, and you can just see how much this kid is going to grow in the league. But 120 receiving yards. So you've got yeah. two rookies. Too many. Young guys having the time of their life versus this yeah. Bucks defense. Yeah, Casey, I, I think you started off really positive. My start is not going to be as positive, <laughs> uh, admittedly. Um, the, the biggest issue I have a problem with is the chunk plays. There were so many huge chunk plays that the defense, both the starting defense, this is like on the second drive for the Falcons mm -hmm. um, and the secondary defense, you know, the second, the second stringers, third stringers that they gave up on that first or on the first touchdown drive for the Falcons, they gave up a uh, 26 yard. Um, there was a 15 yard. Um, 17 yards, 16 yards. It's just like these chunk plays that you can't give up. And that's at the very beginning of the game. These are your starters. And again, I know that there's injuries, Casey. You made that point really well. But you can't, like, if you give up chunk plays to the Cowboys, they're going to make it to the end zone. They were 12 and 5. Like, they were ranked in the top 10 for most of the season. Like, they they came out and had some really instrumental wins over teams. This is this is a team you can't play around with. And for me, 
the chunk plays are scary. Um, just just getting a lot of yards all at once. It's so easy to move down the field. Um, later in the game, there were some there were some other big chunks, 17 yards, 13 yards. Um, at one point in time, there was 40 yards um that London got. And it it just was too much for me. I just yeah. if you like three, five, you know, okay. I don't love it, but I think I think that's within your power. The chunk yards to me are, are just to me that's showing that there's some type of blown coverage, probably. Yeah. Um, or there's some type of missed assignment, or or you're just getting out like you're just getting outplayed. Mm-hmm. Um and those are three pretty big problems at week 18. Like if you're getting outplayed, like not good, especially if it's uh some rookies, you guys. Um, if you're missing your coverage or you're missing your assignments or you're getting beat or you're like, those are just things that, that at this point I feel like they should have been fixed. Um, so I'm going to be a little bit harder on the defense maybe than I was on the offense. Um, because that was, that was really frustrating to me. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you can't let that happen because once you go up against a team, that's a little bit more stout, then it's going to be costly. So uh, not discounting, you know, the rookies and these young guys for their talent. Falcons are a young team. They're in a rebuild. Yeah. Um, Arthur's doing a great job with this team, to be honest. And they stayed in a lot of tight contentions with one of the best, with some of the best teams in the league. But this was a this was a nice testimony for the defense to kind of step up. And the secondary, or not the secondary, the second string guys in this defense have had NFL experience. So it's mm-hmm. not like you know they're coming in not knowing where, you know, not really having a good grasp or lay of the land, as one would say, they, they know uh, KJ Britt had a blown coverage and he's played a lot of snaps for this team and should know quite well how to function in that defense, how to be utilized in that defense. He still came up with some pretty big plays. It's just mm-hmm. the inconsistency. I think you and I like yeah. to like, talk about the most on here. And again, we're talking week 18 inconsistency, not week four or five inconsistency. Um, I will say, there were some flashy moments that we saw. Uh, Anthony Nelson, I'm just a big fan of the guy. He's a very lengthy build, so maneuvering his body takes a lot more uh, mechanics, a lot more mental power to make sure that he is able to be explosive. And, you know, he was a scary chase down yesterday. He was hawking uh, Ritter and and really applying a lot of pressure to these guys. Will Golson, he's so scary. Oh, and Akeem Hicks collects his – finally gets a sack there. That's and what I was going to say. His first uh, injury of the season well, weeks, months ago now. Gosh, guys, to just I, – I still haven't wrapped my brain, my brain around the fact that it's week 18. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy that this season has just blinked by. But, yeah, so we saw some good things. We saw some moments before, of course, start, some of the starters started to go take a seat there. And with the absence of Vita Vea, we know that roles expand for particular guys when guys go out. Um, so definitely have to give kudos to Akeem Hicks. JTS, um, his wrap-ups were really unfortunate. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I think they're testing the fire alarm. Um his 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 wrap ups were a bit unfortunate. He only had like two or three plays where he was able to wrap up well enough to make it count. Um, but I've got to give credit to Anthony Nelson. I've got to give credit to Golson and um, Antoine Winfield Jr. Thirteen tackles, solo yes. sixty eight snaps. I mean, the guy was everywhere. He was everywhere. 
And we yeah. talked about him so much on here, Kaylee. He's been your top guy a couple weeks in a row. What did you I think know. of him yesterday stepping up at, for usual with Logan Ryan out and that secondary a little banged up? Yeah, I mean, I think he might end up like jumping the gun a little bit. He might end up being my standout player. I love what I saw from him. I just think he always brings this like unparalleled energy, optimism, excitement to the team, to the game. Um, and you love to see that. It's just he's he's so into it. And like you said, he's just everywhere. You look up and and there he is in coverage, getting the guy. Um, and so I, I hope that that continues. I hope that, um, his health continues. Uh, it's so good to see him out there. Cause I think that he, he has an extreme amount of upside, just like, again, the way that he's able to be all over the field all at once. It's like, he, it's almost like they've cloned him and he's just like every, he's like the flash. He's, he's just always <laughs> he there. Flash, yeah. He's always there. He's always there. And you love that for him. Um, and just, also, just the fun that he has, you know, I, I think that that's contagious. I think that the fans feel it. The other players feel it. Um, so, yeah, he was going to be like my guy because, you know, you just look at what he did yesterday in comparison to, to everyone else. And that's not to say that everybody else had a bad day, but, gosh, he had such an insane day when you look at his stats and when you look at what he was able to do on the field. Um, and, like, the next closest guy to him – had, you know, eight tackles and he had 13. So it's just, he's just by and large, you know, putting himself in another category. I couldn't agree more. And honestly, unless we have anything else that stood out for us on defense or uh, so. any, any other little mentionables for them, then I think that could be your standout player. And that takes us to whoop, whoop. standout. Um, I think I kind of gave mine away too. I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I got to go with Anthony Nelson. That's what I was thought you were going to pick. Yep. Yeah. I got to go with Anthony Nelson. Um, he was, he was due for some sack action and, you know, he played a huge role in uh, the pressure that was being applied. I was also a big fan of just, he always steps up when somebody goes down. You can't count out Anthony Nelson. He takes accountability for rough games that he has. And he's another guy who will go straight to the sideline and get with a veteran and kind of try to figure out how do I fix this? What do I change about this? So I got to give Nelly some credit. And then as an honorable mention, you guys know, I think that tremendously of Akeem Hicks, a lot of people try to say that he was cooked or too injury prone while he was with the bears. And what was he going to do here for the bucks? You know, you can tell when he's in the lineup and you can tell when he's not. And that's kind of when the run stop defense went downhill um, is when he went out. And while the stats weren't too pretty yesterday, Akeem Hicks wasn't in, you know, all, all that long to kind of carry that load on his shoulder. So honorable mention, over to him, Kaylee, which brings us to um, some walk the plank. If we've got anyone to walk the plank, it's week 18. Luna's freaking out because <laughs> of the fire alarm. Oh, poor girl. Oh, no. Okay, Luna. Yeah, all the doggies are going nuts. First of all, walk the plank to the fire alarm testing. That's no Please fun. Please and thank um, you. Lame dogs are not fun. Okay. I think walk the plank to – I don't know. It's just sometimes it's an, like – of course, there's going to be haters. Everyone has them. Tom Brady seems to have a wealth of uh, a wealth <laughs> of amount of haters. Um, and it's just like I just it's annoying to me to like root like for someone's demise. Like I think that that's like don't get me like too into it because it's like I feel like that's like the part of like 
what is wrong with a little bit of society. It's like, are we seriously sitting here cheering for when someone is like going through a hard time? Like they're human. Like that's not cool. So like, I guess my walk the plank is going to be like all the people who are like, see, uh, Tom Brady's not that good. He he's had a losing record and da 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 da. And it's like, okay, okay. Let's have some perspective here. Yes, this is the first time in his career that Tom Brady, as a starting quarterback, has a losing record. You can whatever you think about that, but like it's not that big of a deal, and it's not indicative of how good of a quarterback he is. And to try to make that comparison is illogical and stupid. So like walk the plank. I I just think that that's a I think that's a dumb argument. I think to try to, to, try to equate those two things, um, it's just like yeah. It's it's the first losing career when he in his 23 year NFL career. So why don't you go out and try to do what he did? Like play in the NFL for 23 years, win as much as he did and try to never have a a losing regular season. Yeah. And guess what? He still made the playoffs. So I don't know. It just it's just to me it's just dumb. It's just like people like like haters wanting to hate for the sake of hating and it's like Get out of here with that. I don't need your negativity. Stay out of my space. And they're going to, and they're going to do it. They're going to try their hardest. (laughs) Guys, I'm so sorry. Luna is going berserk over here. Um, But kind of along those lines, mine is going to be everyone that went berserk and tried to be negative. (laughs) This is going to be a fun day for me. It's Monday, guys. All right. Mine, I'm going to make this quick, is anyone that, started to kind of hate Chris Godwin um, back-to-back fumbles. What's going on with his hands? Da, da, da. Yeah. Let's not be so dramatic. I think that the dramatics play in because it seems fun or interesting in the moment. I don't really know what it is, uh, but a, t- a few too many fans went off the deep end against Chris Godwin yesterday. Yeah. And it was totally unnecessary. Godwin. Yes. Back-to-back fumbles. Like I said, yesterday's was a really well executed punch out. I mean, there's only so much you can do, and he didn't get up and, and stand on that crutch and die on that hill. He went to the sideline. He got with a veteran. He asked for advice on how to prevent something like that from happening, and you already saw him trying to apply new holding methods shortly thereafter. So anyone going against Chris Godwin, stop it. He's fantastic. He Lots should be a comeback player this season. He broke a 1,000 yards. He showed up for his team. He keeps his chin up, his head held high, and he – you know, he, he loves this game. He's almost just as excited as a, a Chris, as a Antoine Winfield Jr. So anyone against Chris Godwin, walk the plank. Let's not be so dramatic. And let's see what these guys do. <laughs> Preparing for playoffs Monday night versus the Cowboys. Oh, man. Casey, with <laughs> the alarms. I feel like the alarms are ringing because it's it's time. It's time yeah. that we got to go. So, got all the dogs uh, fans, be sure to keep following Jolly Rogers TVS on both Instagram and Twitter. They will have the latest for you. Um, that will be where you can find out about some potential injuries later on today and what that looks like. So, uh, be sure to follow us there. You can follow Casey Hudson at the Sports Case. That's K A S E. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can follow me at Kaylee Mizell. And of course, download the Odyssey app so that you can have the access to the very first 
episodes that come out for Jolly Rogers and Touchdown on the auto download button. And those episodes will come straight to your phone. We're going to get out of here before more alarms go off.